You are now listening to the 10 Years and Counting Podcast. Welcome to 10 Years and Counting Podcast, hosted by the Sovereign of Single. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 10 Years and Counting Podcast with your boy, Petty Roosevelt himself. You're listening to the 10 Years and Counting Podcast, your source for all the unsolicited dating advice you just can't get enough of, with your host, Tony, and great guests like me. Yeah, okay. But anyways. Yeah. All right. Welcome, everyone. It is, it's 2021 still already. But exactly. we are. <laughs> right. Yeah. But welcome, everyone, to the 10 Years and Counting podcast. Uh, today, we have Natasha on the show. How's it going? Going um, pretty good. And it was a very eventful Friday for me. But um, we've been planning this podcast since, I think, a few weeks now, almost a month. And I'm so wow. happy. Yeah, and I'm so happy to finally be doing it, and um, yeah, let's hit it off. Same. And it's also like cool. We also like met on Twitter. It's always fun. I've I've recorded so many people that I've met on Twitter. I yeah, for me, you're the first, and you're the first person I'm actually recording a podcast with because I saw that you were doing your own podcast, and then I was like, hey, he seems re- really active, knows so many people. He is you know, really chill. And then I found out that you're also a fellow Scorpio. So that was even more fun. (laughs) And I think it's just good to, you know, discuss your thoughts and your opinions with your friends. And I think that even doing a podcast on it just shows you that people are going through the same things as you are and how they see the world. And it's just fun to listen to people. Yeah, for sure. And and yeah, so today's podcast is actually talking about dating scorpios no i'm just kidding we're not doing yeah (laughs) but that that would be a pretty fun podcast topic because scorpios are a breed altogether and they're just they have their own mechanism um but i i think they're also stereotyped as being mean and cold and cruel and villainous when they're not and they're actually really nice people and one of the most loyal people you'll ever come across but um, I can speak for myself. I'm not sure about everyone out there, but I do think that we have been stereotyped to be a certain way when we're not always that way. Um, but yeah. I think we just learn how to build boundaries and then this exactly. is always difficult for others to deal with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Learn to say no and learn to, you know, just know what works for you, what doesn't work for you and you know, be protective. And I think Scorpios are known to be protective um, of the people and things that they care about. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, well, today's topic is actually going to be about taking accountability, which is definitely a fascinating topic. I, I, I won't say I, yeah, I was definitely not the most accountable person. I at least took accountability right. a lot of my 20s. It was always one of those, um, not saying like I was always looking for an excuse, but it was kind of difficult sometimes in different scenarios to say, yeah, I was in the fault here and this was my mm-hmm. fault. Sometimes it was always like, well, was it really all of my fault? Maybe it was someone else. It is definitely something that I feel like throughout the years, it's been, I, I always love saying the word interesting, but it's always true to the point where seeing how people grow throughout the years and like, exactly. how do you deal with accountability and where accountability takes place? Because there's just so many different, you know, areas mm-hmm. towards that. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, For me, 
it's been a journey because growing up, I was extremely pampered. And I'm putting this out there because I, I grew up with like so much love and affection. And, you know, I was given everything that I wanted. But in relationships, you're with another person and it's not your family. And so they're not always going to understand you the way your family understands you. And they're not always going to adhere to like whatever you want. And there's going to be times when you have to be the bigger person or just be mature about things and not be entitled and know that the world doesn't revolve around you and that a journey and a process and you need to also be equals and know when to say that okay this is my fault I am responsible for this and I need to take ownership for this versus saying that you know the other person is just going to take care of everything just as our family you know, has been doing. Um, in some people's cases, it's different. But for me, I can speak for myself, I think it, it had been a journey for me, because growing up, I wasn't aware of how the world outside was. And I was very sheltered as a kid. And as I grew up, I saw that, you know, in relationships and in even friendships, people are not as straightforward as they seem to be. Even you know, when it comes to people and friends and partners, taking accountability isn't the easiest. So, you know, there's so many things that I have to say about this. And there's so many topics that we're going to touch within this topic, like subtopics. Yeah, I want to ask you and know, learn from you about the first time you were introduced this whole ideology of taking accountability of being mature of being the bigger person um, of correcting your wrongs. When was that and how did it happen for you? I think, and I feel like I brought this up in different episodes, but mm -hmm. I think in therapy a lot. Um, yeah. and, and not saying that I haven't had to learn to take accountability before. Like there's been times where it's like, oh, this, if I make this decision, this would affect me in this way or it'll affect others in whatever way. But I think what really helped with therapy was always self-reflection. Right. There was always this need to look at, this is what we've done before. This is like, you know, like, why did you feel this way? And, and, and I think going to therapy on a weekly basis, I had to, you know, take accountability for a lot of things that I didn't realize. It was always difficult because I always felt like my actions never really affected other people. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I think it, was, it also didn't help that I'm an only child. So for me, mm -hmm. it was like the only I always felt that like the only actions that I did affected only one person. Exactly. So like, Same. Yeah. So it took a while, you know, like, and, and one of the things I always talked about in therapy, especially early on before I finally felt, you know, OK with opening up about like much deeper things was always work. So I was always talking about like, yeah, you know, work was good or like work is going through this. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much of what I do at work affected others or like maybe sometimes I may be annoyed by something, but not realize that like my reactions towards things affects others and how they perceive me. Because for me, I was like, well, this is dumb. Like, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. So like, why do I care? So I think having someone to like always challenge me on the way I think or the way I reacted towards things was yeah. always helpful to like now be more self-aware. Like now when I do something, how much that can affect others. And I'm saying like, I should have known that before, right? But like, I never yeah. really had a real legit weekly accountability about saying, well, yeah, but why this? Or why did you do this? Because, you know, like, as we mentioned, like, as kids, we were always punished for things, right? Like, hey, you didn't get this grade, or you did, you did this. So mm -hmm. you're going to get punished. It's like, or in school, 
yeah. if you in school if you like fail a class it's like oh shit well that was on me but you know maybe maybe sometimes i'd be like well yeah but the teacher wasn't that good at this it was like something you know sometimes there was always or if i did fail a class it's like i know well, i could always just take it again and then pass it right so mm-hmm. yeah i think therapy really like brought in like the sort of like level of or at least accountability where and I say like I never apologized before, but I felt like I did so much apologizing when I started, when I was going to therapy. The things where I felt like I wanted to be the bigger person or the petty person and yeah, I have yeah. done a, I've done a better job of but you're not. realizing where that com- comes, like th- there's a, there's, there's a line. If it's someone I really don't know or don't really interact with much then I sure I won't care but if it's like a boss or someone else then I really feel like I need to really go in and figure out why is it that I want to do this and actually not Mm -hmm. yeah um I really agree with all the points you made right now and I have to say that you know the concept of therapy was fairly new to me until recently and I have just realized and come to this realization that it's really important to have that one person or thing that keeps you in check. And that could be you yourself. It could be journaling. It could be just sitting with yourself, meditating and just asking yourself why you've been feeling a certain way consistently or why your reactions have been a certain, you know, way or, um, you know, why you have been feeling the way you've been feeling or, you know, just your choices in general and just assessing and reevaluating your week or your, you know, your month, just your day. I think it's a great way to just be in check and keep yourself in check um, and, you know, be accountable. But like you just mentioned, growing up, I wasn't a single child. Like I had a younger brother and I have cousins and, you know, I have people that I'm close to. So my actions were not just affecting me, but in effect, I was not really responsible for anyone. And I wasn't really accountable to anyone but myself and by, but to my parents and to my, my mom specifically and fam- my family. And so essentially, if I were to do anything wrong, I would, you know, go through some sort of a punishment. Um, not really, but I would be told that this is not correct. And then, you know, it was on me to either improve or not. And, you know, I I was really grateful and I am grateful to be brought up with good values and to know right from wrong. But essentially, there is no right, there is no wrong. It's all about perspective and what works for someone. But coming back to the topic, I think that accountability was not the easiest because you have always been taught to do better and be better for someone else. And Mm -hmm. you you're not changing or improving yourself for yourself. And I think taking accountability means that you're actually assessing whether this thing or this person is worth improving yourself for or making a change for because it's not like so I've come across so many issues and um, situations in life where people have had to straighten their act or clean their act, but they do it in the moment and then they revert back to what they were and even in a in a friendship or in a relationship you know when you give someone an ultimatum and you tell them okay i'm not okay with this sort of a behavior or i'm not okay with uh you doing xyz a certain way they're going to change but only in the moment and then after a week or two they'll go back to being their normal selves which is not what you'd want them to be and so 
real accountability is actually assessing and this goes for the person who's making the change um, as to whether they really want to make that change or whether it's just something they're doing to smooth the surface and just make things okay temporarily but because for them as well it's it's investing and it's making an effort to change and to improve and to be better and I've always seen that happen so real accountability isn't just making temporary changes it's actually making um, tangible long-term changes and improvements that can last and I think that most people are not able to do that um, which is why it's not as easy to come to terms with your demons and to heal and most people just carry their childhood trauma um, along with them into their friendships into their relationships into their work dynamics with people as well so I think that it's not it's not a very easy thing to do yeah um and I think that's always like the I had my own stigmas to therapy like, uh-huh. in my 20s like I knew I had depression and I but I never I, I tried going early on but I just felt like I wasn't really ready for it at that mm-hmm. time because I don't think I was really ready to actually deal with the actual trauma that deals with like why did I become this way Right. Um, I, I don't know. If that's the right word. Um, we're gonna go with that. Um, like mm-hmm. no one, no one, no one comes out the womb depressed. It takes you know. There's the, there's different actions that take place for you. To exactly. Get there. Yeah. But it, it, you you really need to be in a state where you actually want to make those changes. Like I and and I will say there have been times a lot when I would say I do something, but yeah. probably didn't like actually go through with it. Right. So right. I, I think that's why I always kind of felt like the whole actions over you know words makes a lot of sense because you can say you want to make a change and you want to be accountable and you do apologize but you saying I'm sorry is never enough exactly yeah it's and actually it was funny I think we talked about love languages before and Mm -hmm. I forgot that there's actually apology languages as well Wow. So there's it's the same how there's like five the way that there's five love languages there's five apology languages so yeah. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't, like, if someone is always hurting you and it was like, or letting you down, or I know for me, I remember one time I said something and it wasn't really meant to be hurtful, but like yeah. realizing that someone cried after I said that, I was like, not like, wow, I'm just an asshole. I, I, it also doesn't help that my, and that's something I had worked in therapy, whereas I always wanted to make a joke when things weren't going well, but mm-hmm. it like, it, it kind of took that moment to realize maybe I can't make jokes in all scenarios to make someone feel better like now I have to acknowledge that isn't the right approach of someone like opening up it's yeah it's really tricky so I actually found the five so there's there's five of them so Mm -hmm. there's request forgiveness make restitution genuinely repent accept responsibility and then expressing regret so like for me it makes sense because someone should accept responsibility at the end of the day in the times where like I have made mistakes more at work when I was at least going through therapy when I was like oh yes I do take responsibility for this one error I made but I also want to learn like how do I fix this how do I like make sure I don't make this mistake again that makes a lot more sense than like trying to hide the mistake you made which is something I would have done as a kid or at least Mm -hmm. I did probably a lot of my early 20s where it's like oh I made a mistake here but like how do how do I how do I get away with it yeah like how do I get away with it or like how can I like minimize or fix it without anyone knowing it exactly that is 
that so yeah i totally agree and i think that for me expressing regret would be important because if someone doesn't express that they realize that they did something wrong then they're it's not going to be a good buffer so for me that's always the first step like i would express regret regret first and foremost and then accept responsibility and then obviously um you know make restitution and come up with you know correction and a way to move forward without repeating the same mistake again i think in you know repenting or pleading or just you know sitting and sobbing about a mistake is not the way to go because we're humans and we're going to be at fault and we're not perfect beings and so i think it's okay to make mistakes but if the mistake is repeated more often than not then there's something wrong and there needs to be correction and like you said as you know even in my early 20s or even in my teens i i think there's always a lack of awareness and a lack of just how your behavior in the moment can affect a relationship long term because you're building a foundation and essentially every behavior of yours feeds into a pattern in any dynamic it could be a relationship it could be a friendship it could be um you know your family um any behavior of yours in the moment is feeding into a pattern and that's eventually going to kind of keep playing out playing and it's going to keep repeating itself if you don't actively take accountability and be like okay i am responsible for making this a healthy dynamic and i need to do what it takes from my end to um not not make it toxic not create negativity and not try to get away with your mistakes or faults because that's the most you can do from your end and then the other person on the other hand you know is is responsible for their part but you have to do what you can do right and definitely not be defensive and try to understand the other person the other side with more empathy and i think a lot of it is tied to empathy and kindness and forgiveness but um I would love to know your views on how empathy plays a role in taking accountability and taking ownership. No, I I think empathy is definitely and I know that's a used uh the word is used a lot especially the last exactly. you know year and change but it does have some legitimacy towards it. A lot of the times when and I think this happens as kids too where if if you can't fully understand the ramifications of your actions Mm-hmm. there's no way of like learning how to deal with it so like i i'll give the example with like the crying right like i like i said i didn't mean for this person to cry when i said the exactly. tr- you know what i said but it was more like realizing where did i fuck up here like what you know like what how could i have like ma- you know like handled this better mm-hmm. and then realize and you know it's one of those things where like i can think about it like let's say if i was really vulnerable about something which is something that like i said it's something really difficult for me and then someone went ahead and just laughed now i could or made a joke out of it and so like mm, see i get it now so like being able to enter someone's shoes and be like hey if i was in that scenario would i want that specific action when exactly. i realized yeah i wouldn't mm-hmm. i mean and i think it's difficult for me because i like i think humor is such a defense mechanism that mm-hmm. it makes sense for me to do that at that moment but if i reverse the roles I feel like I was in this vulnerable state and I said something and then received that action. I it makes sense why like I I would probably cry in that moment too. I don't know. I but yeah. it may, so yeah, I think it it it's difficult because I think when you 
take yourself away from scenarios sometimes it's easy to not realize where you mess up sometimes you know and and I've mentioned this like I you know I've taught for students right and mm-hmm. that was always like tricky right because it was like the first time I like not first time but it's one of the few times I realized I was responsible for someone not as much as like well, I'm not responsible for their life but you know what I mean I'm responsible mm-hmm. for They're them free. you know They're you know passive. making sure yeah making sure that they're learning the material we're we're giving, making sure they're getting the certifications they need, making sure they're actually finishing the entire program and getting through. Mm -hmm. So like realizing there were a lot of times where, and I was already going to therapy at that point where I was trying to put myself in their shoes because I was there as well. And be like, what would I need from, you know, a teacher to get me through this? Or yes, I had four students that I was always responsible for, and but they're four different people. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, one thing that like student A would need would be a lot different than student B because they're two different people. So it's like, yeah. I can't, you know, like if one person really loves humor, then hey, we're going to just like, you know, talk shit, you know, just, you know, just mm-hmm. chill and then like talk. But then if someone really is is more introverted, that means, you know, like, how do I now relate to you, but not to the point where I'm changing myself, but just trying to better understand you. Exactly. And, and to go off of that I think one size does not fit all and when it comes to mentoring or teaching or being responsible for students and people in general you realize that every person has different needs and you realize that everyone has a different way of looking at situations um, at behaviors at patterns at jokes at conversations and everyone interprets things based on their own past experiences. And so it's very easy to blame it on someone um, and say, oh, you're just too sensitive or you should you know, learn to take this joke better or it's on you for feeling upset, not on me. But we can just keep on blaming each other as long for as long as we want to unless, unless we come to a point where we understand that every person has had a past and that's shaped their view uh, worldview, their perspective, and the way they look at situations. I think a balanced person and a person who would be more likely to uh, hold themselves accountable is someone who realizes that fact and who understands that everyone and and to not you know ascribe malice or negativity to every action, um, and also to to just live and let live. But also coming back to your point, it's it's so true that people like when you are cracking a joke and it makes someone cry for you, it would be so strange because you don't mean it in a negative way, or you don't want this other person to feel offended. But I've been on the receiving end where someone's cracked jokes and I have been so taken aback and I, and I'm, and it's so uncalled for, for in my head, it's just so strange that someone could say something like that and they find it funny. So I've been in that situation and I have gotten offended and I have called that person out. And I think that it's always the same feedback that, oh, I wasn't intending for you to feel hurt and it was just a joke. In my opinion, I think people say a lot of truths in anger and in jokes because Mm -hmm. a lot of jokes are not just jokes. They're half truths as well. So I always am cautious of that fact when someone jokes around me. But coming back to the main point, I think that gaslighting and Blaming other people for feeling sensitive or feeling a certain way is a a defense mechanism that a lot of people use. And I do not like it because 
you need to take responsibility for the fact that someone was not okay with the way you said something or the way you joked and and that is okay for them to not be okay but there may be some other person who would be okay with your joke or who wouldn't get offended and everyone's different but it doesn't make anyone good or bad or right or wrong being mindful and being empathetic and just trying to mold yourself according to the other person i think in marketing and in 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 fields where you're constantly communicating with different people you have to sort of like learn to mirror other people but Again, coming back to accountability, I think accountability is just taking responsibility and owning up to the fact that okay, what you did affected this other person, and if you really want to continue being in this person's life and you want to continue interacting with this person, do you and can you make any changes in your behavior? And if yes, then what are those changes? But if you don't want to continue interacting with that person or you don't care about that person, then it's completely fine for you to continue doing what you were doing previously. So I think that that would be a summary of my perception of accountability. And I loved all the points you brought up and one of the things as I was going through some of the notes that we had was mm-hmm. where we were talking about being more empathetic, another thing that popped up was also like being defensive. So yep. When it comes to jokes, yes, it is true that like whenever someone does make a joke about something, there's always some half truths towards it. Like there have been times where I've said some dark jokes, and then mm-hmm. so like, <laughs> but I was like, oh no, that was my. <laughs> it was just more like, look, it is a joke, but it's also really dark. So if or I don't put exactly. it, if I don't, I know, but if I, but if I don't put the emoji, they're going to be really concerned. <laughs> exactly. Or how people say LOL at the end of every text when they're yeah. saying something that's actually true. So, right. I mean, yeah. 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 But I, and one of the things that was also mentioned here is like when it comes to like defensive habits, I think it's always easy because when you play like defense or like build a wall, like there's really, you you, you never get to see that other person's perspective. It's like, oh, exactly. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. But one of the things that was mentioned was just achieving better communication. And I think when we mean by that, it's like, yes, you can easily, I, I don't think communicating is difficult. I right. think I think surface level communication is easy. Like you can just talk about the weather or whatnot, but yeah, I think where it really helps is just having those deeper conversations. But not only that, but I think what really helps is also realizing that everyone's flawed. Like I, I think it's easy for someone to be like, I'm. I used to be a perfectionist and uh, recovering perfectionist. I still sometimes mm. think that I always try to find things to be perfect, and I think it's always difficult because with the way our lives are curated now through there's going to be a lot of talks from like different podcasts into one, but mm-hmm. like social media, right? We only yeah. show the positives, right? We don't really show. Like sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, how, how do I get to this? It's like, it's a lot of work. It's Realize, yeah, and insecurity is like, but if you realize that like everyone has something that's not great about them and that's not meaning that like no one's great, but everyone's flawed in one way or another and that's completely fine. But being able to verbally and internally believe that and understand that makes a huge difference because you can say like oh that person's flawed it's like no but you are too but like exactly yeah it's yeah I I don't know it's or sometimes you're just gonna make mistakes I I think like even when I say things half the time it's like oh I should have said it that way but it's what I meant so it's more like how do I try to rebound from this and just know that I, I I don't know I yeah 
I, I do want to say on that, what you just mentioned about having deep conversations. So for me, when I look at dating, for example, when you're getting to know someone and when you're just, you know, having conversations about your career, about your like life, your friends, your hobbies, how you unbind, those are all conversations you have. And then you go out on dates and then you enjoy each other's company and you meet each other like a few times, you know, maybe every week or maybe twice a week. But that's like surface level. And so for me, even if you've had a conversation about all those topics, it's still surface level. And I feel a deep conversation for me is always about how do you deal with your demons? How have you dealt with your past trauma? What is your love language? How, what are your non-negotiables? Like what are, you know, what are the things that you're not going to be okay with? And how do you really deal with conflict? So for me, a relationship is not fully developed and truly deep until you have faced conflict. And until you have emerged from that conflict in a healthy way. And I think that, you know, not judging the other person and also recognizing that every person is intrinsically flawed is a very important part, like you just said, because we're, we're going on a date with someone or we have a friend and everything's really nice and rosy and fun until we actually get into a conflict. And then we realize that this person has a side to them that's not really nice, that is unpleasant. And we actually face that. And it's, it's how we deal with that. And if we want to deal with that in our lives is, in my opinion, deep and real because that's truly when you know someone you don't really know someone until you've you know traveled with them until you've had a conflict with them until you've been in like a shitty situation with them and seen how they behave and react to that because until then until that point it's all superficial because everyone can just paint a picture that they want you to see but not what is true and what is real you know so for me that's always like a process and if you can sustain that and if you can overcome conflict because every relationship and every dynamic at some point is going to have conflict and is going to need conflict resolution so if you can deal with it and if if it's sustainable then I think your relationship is good to go, I think, in my in my perspective. Oh, I totally agree with that. I think mm-hmm. one of the things I <laughs> I remember I was talking to my therapist about this. We were mm-hmm. I was talking about like a scenario, something that I was dealing with. I was like, and I think I handled that well. And she was like, you didn't handle it at all. It's like, what do you mean? It's like your definition of conflict you know, resolution was conflict avoidance. So you thinking that you solved the problem by not dealing with it was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you didn't even solve anything at that point, which I I, I think it was fair. And it was like, and and I remember, and I texted this friend back because I sort of did ghost in that way where Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't really know how to handle this. I don't know how to express how I feel because I don't know if I'm my biggest concern was being judged for what I was feeling so and I decided why? and why why did you I don't feel well because you... I felt like you know because honestly I feel like I've never been emotionally honest with someone before for well before like before this time where mm-hmm. I I find it easy to write my feelings out and publish them which is like weird but for me to verbally say them to that someone. was yeah that yeah. was still really difficult so mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like just being able to like 
put together my feelings into words was something I had not worked on until I went to therapy. It was just always easy to like, and I remember, and my best friend, and like, we've had arguments. Oh, I don't want to say arguments. We've had like disagreements or, yeah. or like didn't see, you know, each other. Yeah. I legitimately did not speak for them for like a week. And it wasn't like, I mean, obviously we worked through that, but that was a scenario where I was like, I don't really know what I'm upset about. What am I angry about? I don't know. Was it, I don't, yeah. Yeah. Was it more because, sorry to cut you off, but was it yeah. more because you were scared to come up, come out with it? Or was it because you didn't consider them worthy enough to discuss it with them? Or was it because you were confused about what it was that you were feeling truly about the situation? What was it about like the situation? Really. I think it was more honestly confused and not knowing how to verbalize it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I've done a better job now within like the three, almost three years of right. therapy that I've been to where I can put together my feelings into words mm-hmm. where, and, and, and I, I think I've mentioned this before where I've even like spoke to my therapist about like, Hey, like, what do you, how do you feel about this? And I would always respond with like thoughts Right. And she was like, well, that's not feelings. You're just saying what you're thinking. And that's not the same thing. So even going through therapy, it was still difficult to actually verbalize my feelings because it would always go straight to thoughts. And because I tend to be logical. Yeah, I think it was one, honestly, not understanding what it was that I was going through and or like feeling because I just never put them into words. And obviously, I think that's always helpful to have a lot of, you know, like at least a handful of women that are friends because they, I feel like usually would do a better job of challenging me on that than I feel like my male counterparts. And that's not to say every right. male, because that's not true. For the most part, I think people would leave it as is. Like I said, my friend never brought it up again, but I felt like I had to be the one, like after going to therapy, I was like, you know, I really need to fix what I did here a couple of years ago. And he might not even want to respond back. I don't know, but I feel like shit how I handle that. And I feel like the only person that's going to be able to, you know, at least reconcile that is me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lot easier. That's to do. Awesome. Yeah, but it took years for me to deal with that because he wouldn't. I, I don't think he wanted to challenge that. But I've had friends who are women and be like, wait, what's going on here? It's like, I really don't know. I don't I don't know how to verbalize this. And, and I think that's fine. But like, I, I think that was definitely part of it, the verbalizing and the. I think also confusion of what exactly was I feeling. I knew what I was thinking. Right. Like deep down, what was it that made me want to get to this point? What is it with this confusion between thinking and feeling that trips you up? Like why are thoughts and feelings different? Because if I'm feeling a certain way, then I think and I know for a fact that I'm feeling a certain way. So my mind's going to tell me that you're not feeling okay about the situation henceforth this situation shouldn't be okay and it's flagged and it's not the right situation for you so what is it what is the discrepancy between your feelings and your thoughts that you were not able to string together i'm trying to think of an example i can give which is probably not a good one but it's like one i can think of where Mm -hmm. um i like sent out an email and there were like maybe some typos in them like that's an example Mm -hmm. um what my thoughts were is like wow I'm really dumb for doing that but I'm not feeling dumb I think I'm dumb for doing this but like I probably like feel embarrassed or feel maybe inadequate for making that typo so like there's the difference where like sure maybe those feelings do become thoughts but my feeling inadequate and feeling embarrassed for what was done is a lot different than me thinking 
I'm that you done. are done. Yeah. Got it. So what you're trying to say is that if you made a mistake or if you committed an error, then you're not, you're going to feel bad about it, but that does, doesn't necessarily make it. Because for me, I think it's a one-to-one relationship, feelings and thoughts, because mm-hmm. when I'm feeling okay about something or not okay about something, and I think for me, it's more of working on my feelings and not my thoughts, because I've usually known right from wrong, but it's just my feelings in the moment um, that have you know led me astray or have not been correct because sometimes I, you know, in the past knew that, okay, a situation is wrong for me or in my mind, there's like a red flag or I know that there's like a gut feeling in, in not, not that I went with it, but there was intuitively, I knew that this was not the correct situation for me, but I still went ahead with it because I felt bad for that other person or I wanted to show compassion to the other person or I was feeling guilty for for not um you know being a certain way even though I knew that that situation was correct but was not correct for me I think okay so maybe in those situations my thoughts and feelings were not aligned that's the work that I've had to do so now when I when I feel something I usually think the same because I know that okay I my feelings are not incorrect. My feelings are not wrong. And I'm not going to let myself be too emotional or overly emotional about a situation and then, you know, make the wrong decision. So now it's been a work in progress, but it's been something that I've, I've, I've had to work on actively to make sure that what I feel is in line with what I think is right. And I think that has been a good just like check that I've had in place because you know I know that going forward I'm not going to make an error based on my feelings and I'm not going to commit or be in situations that are wrong for me because I feel a certain way because you know feelings are not always accountable and so and you just have to go with what is actually good for you and correct for you in the moment or do what is right for you and the other person so I think that for me has been a process one of the points I saw here, which was super important, was refraining from judging another exactly. person. And I think that's always difficult when you're not used to thinking the same way as someone else. Where mm-hmm. like if I remember doing this episode a couple of years ago, um, and it was about emotional and logical daters. Right. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense where like I'm always stuck in my thoughts and not maybe as much in my feelings or Maybe, actually, no, I think I'm more stuck in my thought, in my feelings, but I feel like I can verbalize my thoughts more, right? But if someone is the opposite, I feel like that's always difficult because like, I'm not saying like, I'm, I'm not coming into the approach of judgment. It's just right. more like, I'm really confused at why you're thinking this way or why you exactly. feel this way. Exactly. Yeah, that and, happens so much. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think it is, and at least from the experiences I've had, I've had to realize that there was like, wow, I'm being really judgmental about this. And it's not because I'm trying to be an asshole about it. It's just more, I don't think this way or I don't approach this this way. So like, it's really confusing me. So like, I had to like learn that like my confusion about this should not equate to judgment. So wise and so, that's such an 
you know, woke thing to say, but also something that, you know, not everyone would be able to admit to because that requires so much introspection and so much awareness and so much growth because not everyone's going to be able to look at the world and be like, not everyone thinks the way I think and that's completely okay. And again, it comes to deciding whether this person or this dynamic is worth investing in because Mm -hmm. you know that you're going to judge people and you know that you have your negotiables and your non-negotiables and you know that not everyone's perfect. Okay, good. You know all these things. But now it comes to deciding whether this person who is also an imperfect being and who has flaws and who has, you know, you've had disagreements with, is this person or thing worth settling for? And so it's that point that which you have to make the decision kind of. And then that's when you choose the path of least resistance. But also, I think there's so many factors that play into that sense of security, um, you know, familiarity, comfort, trust, um, just so many things that go into a dynamic and why people settle for certain people and certain equations. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And and it's it's very difficult for people to come to that awareness and that understanding, as you mentioned. What's also vital, which and I, I think you, you you mentioned this earlier, where you really don't get to know someone until you have that first, you know, real argument. It was an argument, what's that term? I said argument like this disagreement. Conflict. Yeah, any sort of like you don't agree and you don't see eye to eye that's when you really and and what really turns me off sorry to cut you off is Mm -hmm. when i'm not able to have a healthy conflict with someone i think that's when i know that this person is not someone i want to keep in my life or be with or spend time with i mean they could be an acquaintance they could be someone i talk to and say hi to but i don't want to like really deal with this person again and you know it's really important for me and I think one of the biggest turnoffs for me is insecurity. When I see someone being extremely defensive from the get-go, then I know that if I'm supposed to have a conflict with this person, they're going to take everything in a negative way and, you know, in, in, a, in a poor light because they're so particular and they're so set out to defend themselves. And I may say that I don't, I'm a very sensitive person, but I've come across people who've been needlessly sensitive and just men as well. I think men are super insecure about a lot of things and they sometimes just put the cart before the horse. Um, and there's so many scenarios where like you just instantly get to know that you don't want to put up with a certain situation. But I think that's also accountability. Just knowing what sort of person or situation you want to put up with versus, you know, the kind that you, you don't want to put up with and, um yeah yeah and I'll, I'll definitely be the one to also add that I'm definitely an insecure person I and I think one of the difficult things that I've had to deal with but when we were talking about like the whole like flawed mentality is that I feel like I always want to please others which is difficult like you're never going to please someone 100% of the time because mm-hmm. if you do, you're, you're, you're really sacrificing yourself in a way to do that, that is but so but I think like being able to realize how do I like learn from this, right? I think it's really easy to be annoyed or, you know, whatever the scenario is. And I've definitely done that where it's like, I I don't know, I just felt completely lost because I'm 
trying to also learn someone else's, you know, perspective, right? Exactly. And, and, yeah. and, and, and not just, and it's not even surface level anymore at that point. When the surface level wants and needs, it's also simple. It's like, hey, I want this. Like, all right, cool. But when you actually understand someone's needs, their worries, their, their, their yeah. fears, you get yeah. to know them in like an, and not just like emotional and intellectual level. That's a lot different where. Psychological level. Yeah. yeah. It's so difficult, right? It, I, I, I don't mean that like it, it is going to take work. I think that's like the thing, like surface level friendships are easy because they're like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we just talk about this. But when you actually have to emotionally connect with someone in another level, it's really it's a different dynamic. You have to like exactly. realize, hey, yes, your response to like something should have been like, well, you're the one who did this. Like, well, if you're saying that, that's all downhill there. But meaning, and you know, there's different ways of approaching that instead of saying like, hey, this is your fault, not mine. It's more like, okay, how did you... Yeah, yeah, right. It's pretty much gaslighting at the end of the day. Yeah. And I feel like I've never gone to that point, but I've always super confused. What is it that I did here that I'm not seeing? I, I think that's always like the easier approach for me. It's like, if I don't really understand something from someone's point of view, you I don't have to take accountability yeah well it's it's not that i can't just stop there i just mean i just need to really think okay i need you to explain this and you know i i don't know maybe in my Mm -hmm. terms or maybe i'm just seeing this completely wrong because yeah in my head i don't think i made a mistake here it's like that's something now i need to like really fully understand like why am i not understanding that like where like my blind blind spots are like i think everyone has blind spots they're like hey, I'm not going to really see this until you really put it in front of me. I think everyone has blind spots for, for whatever reasons, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So it's more like, I don't see this. I need you to like, throw this in front of me. And I think that can be difficult for someone. If, to if really it's your fr- yeah. to right. verbalize because nobody wants to put themselves in that on the spot. Nobody wants people to blame them for anything. And nobody wants to really acknowledge that, you know, they have a blind spot, you know, then be responsible for it. Um, yeah. That's so true. Okay, so I wanted to definitely on the topic of people pleasing and insecurity, I wanted to say, I think growing up, I was very much a people pleaser. I wanted Mm -hmm. everyone to like me, not everyone, but I wanted everyone to sort of like approve and validate my decisions, my choices, and me overall. I think it was a huge need, not very conscious, But it was a very subconscious need. And it was something that would always drive my decision-making abilities, um, the way I looked at the world, the way I, you know, went about my friendships, my relationships. And I think just everything was based off of, oh, will this person like me versus am I okay with the situation? So when it comes to accountability, I think it's very important for us to first and foremost take accountability for ourselves and think about what's good for us. We've we've talked a lot about, okay, accountability in terms of relationships, accountability in terms of, you know, just being sensitive, being caring, being empathetic, being accommodating, just like being considerate of other people's needs, wishes, demands, and other people like whoever we find worthy of our time and who we decide to bring into our world, inner world. And I think that now the question lies in whether we're really accountable towards ourselves and whether we are taking good care of ourselves and our mental health. And I think a huge part of it, I think, is approval seeking or validation need for, you know, people liking you or approving of you or not pissing someone off 
not saying no, I think that's all really going against taking accountability. And I think when you can't take care of yourself, if you can't stand up for yourself, then you you certainly can't stand up for yourself in a relationship. You can't stand up for you you you're not responsible. And if you can't do that towards yourself, I think that is the first step towards like failure in terms of taking accountability. So like, have you had that, you know, realization or that awakening where you've come to that, you know, you, you realize that, okay, I need to first and foremost take care of myself and my mental health. And, and that is that when and why you started taking therapy or was it because of other people? Um, it, def- it definitely wasn't other people. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was a decision I personally made. I, I don't know. I tried going to therapy when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, and I just couldn't deal with it at that point. Right. I just personally felt like I needed to make a change. I don't, I, I knew there were specific things I wanted to work on, like definitely being more. So like my, I, I don't actually know if I still had these notes, but I feel like I, my goals going into therapy was definitely working on you know, my depression, but then also specifically, I wanted to work on being more vulnerable. Right. It was definitely something that I, I don't want to say that I lacked because it kind of sounds, I mean, I did, but it was just, I don't know. I just thought like, I don't want to be this way forever. So it was like, I yeah. kind of want to build better connections and relationships with others. And I, I never, right. and honestly, that's probably why a lot of the times I wasn't really in relationships when I was in my 20s. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I didn't want to, but I think yeah. it was also, I wasn't you found, really... it, you found it hard to relate to other people on that level and understand them, which is why, you know, relationships are hard. They're not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of understanding, effort, consideration, and it, and it's a huge responsibility to take ownership for another person's feelings because you're essentially yeah. saying that you're responsible for their feelings. And it's not, it's not a part-time job. It's a full-time job and you need to be ready for it. So I, I totally get that. But yeah, so I, I think there was just something I wanted to work on. So yeah, it, it definitely came from me. Like I felt like if I wasn't, um, I, and I've had a lot of friends, especially throughout my twenties where I'm not going to name names, but right. <laughs> I feel like I've definitely heard like, people have difficulties with their boyfriends when it came to like them opening up or them talking or stuff like that. It's like, well, I'm not really good at that either. So maybe I should be in a relationship because I feel like no other man's doing this. But at the same time, it's like, no, that's kind of selfish on my part. If I'm just getting into a relationship to be in one, I think in order for me to be in a relationship, I have to work on some issues I have on my end because at the end of the day, it's not that partner's responsibility to like fix you. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. So I don't know. I think I was like ready to, I don't know, work on myself and figure out where could I emotionally improve. I mean, there's other ways I could probably improve as well, but I feel like definitely I needed to get through that hurdle before even considering a relationship. That is, that is commendable and hats off to you for even, you know, just acknowledging that about yourself and to actually make the decision and be wise enough to wait it out because a lot of men and women just, you know, they're unhealed. They refuse to take therapy. They refuse to face their demons and they just get into a relationship thinking that someone else will deal with it or put up with it or that 
you know nobody will notice it and get they they're just going to get by and that 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 happens all the time but i think one thing about me that's very interesting is that i have done this in the past and i have noticed this tendency in me not anymore but it's taken a while for me to snap out of it but it was that when i saw in a situation in dynamic even in a friendship that this person is not healed this person clearly has issues and they actually admit to it themselves like they've been very honest about it it's been evident through their actions i've still gone ahead and you know just tried to make that dynamic work i've tried to put in my all thinking that i can change that other person and just work on it as a project or just being too optimistic about the situation thinking that okay this person will change through my love or my understanding or my compassion and they'll see what they're doing wrong most times it doesn't work out sometimes it might but i think a part of taking accountability is also realizing that okay this person is not doing right by me and it's not going for what i wanted it to be or it's not conducive to my well-being and to walk away from it and to consistently put yourself through that situation and be in that dynamic knowing that it's not healthy for you is going against taking accountability so i've i've definitely had a roller coaster ride with that and i i've been that person who's tried to fix people or tried to heal people or just been optimistic about people and their future behaviors and i think now i've just come to a point where i'm like if someone something does not make me feel good in the moment itself this person or thing needs to be cut out because until they prove to me or until i feel okay about it they should not be in my life and i felt so good having done that and i'm 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 so grateful for having done that but now i i see how my past behavior was you know just going against my own well-being and i think that that is scary but and it was so detrimental to me but i just continue to do it for the sake of making that dynamic work or maybe just think that that person wasn't who they truly were but um yeah uh, that's also happened to me sometimes you have people in your life who fail but they don't mean to fail and then there are people who are going to fail and they're going to keep failing um you need to realize the distinction between both the types because it's okay to it's it's okay for someone to fail and to not live up to your standards all the time but if they understand that and if they're making the efforts to be a better person and genuinely improving for themselves then they're worth keeping but if they're the kinds of people who will continue to fail and you know do wrong by you and continue to be selfish then you need to cut them out because that's the right thing for you to do in the in that moment i think that's always the tricky part right where we were talking about like logic and emotions where and it's interesting we were i was going through like the some of the takeaways and mm-hmm. i think it's really easy easy living in rose tinted glasses exactly where things look fine but they're really not and they're i not. think it's i i personally and i i i've told that I, i won't say which friend it is but i remember <laughs> a friend of mine he was he was on the podcast so i think that narrows it down we started <laughs> guessing who's who but 
Um, I remember he was planning on proposing to his uh, then girlfriend, and I was always talking about therapy, and they ended up going to couples counseling and whatnot. Yay. And I think that makes sense for anyone that wants to be in a long-term relationship. It's it does. It does. difficult. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think you should probably have your own as well, but I think it makes sense to... If you want to get to like this next level, definitely have therapy amen, before amen before amen marriage. Because I no. think you you do you'll find those specific issues. And I think the issue sometimes. I remember I was asking someone that's like, well, what are your thoughts on this? And it's like, oh no, they might want to like break up with me or whatnot. After it's like, well, do you rather would you rather be divorced? Like, I, like exactly. Oh like, my god. Oh my god. That situation <laughs> happens, and and that has happened to me. Like I've been asked that too. Like would you rather be on the not on not be on the same page and then have this issue after you're married to someone versus bringing it up now and sorting the issue out or knowing that this isn't going to work out like it's always better to do it now you know yeah yeah exactly but i think it's like ripping that band-aid and like realizing I think that's where the avoidance comes in sometimes where it's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that problem now. That'll surface up later. It's like, why wait till later? Like, why, why have this like doubt, you know, thousands of dollars ceremony, but like have these underlining issues that aren't being resolved or at least figured out before getting into that. Yeah, Um, that is so true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I totally agree with you on that. I, I, been in a situation where I was very ready to go for couples counseling because and I I still believe in that because I think that no two people are alike no two people are going to think the same way everyone is going to have to face conflict now how they deal with that conflict or if they see eye to eye through that conflict is important like if two people can understand where the other person's coming from and that I think happens through therapy and talking to a third person who will rationalize the other person's thoughts and perspectives to you and their feelings to you. Because sometimes when two people are in a conflict, they're going to get very defensive or they're going to be like, it's you versus me. But truly, it's you you both versus the situation or the issue at hand. And, and you don't really come to that understanding until you've been through a lot of conflicts or you've been in a long-term serious relationship or you've been through therapy and I I feel like it's scary for me to think about entering a marriage with someone without having just knowing all the unknowns because I wouldn't want to put myself in in a situation of uncertainty with someone and not know how they would behave because every every relationship and friendship or dynamic is going to face challenges, you know, along the way. So it's definitely to it's definitely good and very important to cover these unknowns and these barriers and these challenges and just talk through them and there's nothing better than therapy for that. I totally agree with you. And when even talking about healthy you know, communications or, mm-hmm. or everything. I think one thing I've had to learn is to stop making excuses because yes. that was always difficult. I think it was always easy for me to, one of the ways of not taking accountability is saying it's not my fault, right? Oh my God. Like it's, it's like, oh, well, no, not really. It was this. And I was like, what? No, like you just, you know. So yeah. I, yeah. I think that is an unhealthy pattern that I've done a better job of, 
getting rid of but mm-hmm. it's yeah like I, I i can't imagine like dating someone who would always yeah like, it's like you did some <laughs> yeah or you it's did something it's like yeah it wasn't really yeah it's like no it wasn't really my fault it was kind of it was but, my job it was yeah. my job or yeah it was, it was exactly like or it right. was my friend it was not me but it was just xyz external situation that affected me and now i'm reacting to it in this way and i've been there like i'm not gonna say that i haven't been that person i have been there i've been in a place where i've let external situations or friends or anything external affect me to a point where my reactions to a particular situation or thing have has you know have changed and and I then in turn blamed those people or those other situations externally for my behavior for my reaction so it's like you need to know when to not make excuses and sometimes those those are not even excuses they're like truths but at the end of the day you are blaming something else for your behavior so it's not really right because it's your behavior and only you should be responsible for it and you need to stop letting external sources or people or things affect your perspective and your perception of something um and and that all ties out ties back to you know an approval seeking attitude or a people pleasing attitude where you're just trying to do right by everyone you can do right by everyone you can only do right by you and if you're in a relationship with someone you need to do right by them so i think that at the end of the day you know you need to know what's right and what's best for you not just you know give excuses and not internalize other people's perspectives and thoughts about the situation because that's happened to me where you know i have been in a situation with xyz it could be my partner and then i've had friends they've been you know through their own experiences so they have their own perspective on that situation that i've been in and even if i'm okay with something or i'm looking at a situation in a particular light i i then go to my friend and i would be like oh hey this happened to me and then they would give me their feedback and then i would totally internalize that not realizing that it's not really how i feel it's how they feel and then i would project that onto the person that i was with so i have definitely had a long way to you know go and i've i've definitely overcome that but it has been a journey but that's also like another thing i didn't know all of this until we started having that com- you know started doing this podcast so yeah it's it's like the constant just knowing that every day you're going to learn something new about someone and it's like well right. it's, so it's <laughs> I, it, it's probably like even like I, I and I probably heard that too like people that have been like dating for like or like married for years and it's like I feel like I'm always still learning something new about this person like every day and it's yeah crazy but then also you realize that like it's going to be a constant you know I don't know work I think and like I've mentioned yeah, before we're always, I think at the end of the day, yeah, yeah we're always growing I think I think there comes a point in a relationship or a dynamic where you've sorted and you've you've kind of ironed out most issues and you kind of understand where the other person's coming from and you get each other and you know your boundaries and I think you I think coming back everything ties back to self-worth knowing what you deserve knowing what you stand for and then allowing what is right for you into your life and then taking accountability for your actions henceforth. So I think 
you know, everything ties back to just having good self-esteem, you know, having good self-worth, knowing that you are worthy of the best and nothing less than that. But that also doesn't mean that you go around acting entitled or throwing tantrums or just, you know, like demanding things. And, you know, there's so there there's there's it's a spectrum so it's like there's two sides to a coin and you need to choose what you want to what kind of person you want to be yeah yeah i don't know it's it's, it's difficult <laughs> like it's difficult to like know your self-worth know what you but and that's where like making right decisions and choices and having you know a healthy outlook and being certain about what you want and what you don't want comes into play because if you don't know what you want, you're just going to be confused. And you're, I think it all comes back to like having, knowing your worth, knowing what you deserve, and then being a good person or being a good partner, being a good friend. Because if you're not accountable, you're going to be toxic. And that's what I've seen in most cases, like people who are not accountable are toxic. And they, they, they say that they've changed, but it's only superficially. And then they go back to being their old selves. And it just goes to show that they're not truly changing for themselves. They're changing for other people. And right. that so isn't, that's not I, true. I think the issue there is if someone does apologize and take accountability, it doesn't just stop at those two things. Exactly. It's like, you also have to acknowledge how you were in the wrong mm-hmm. and not just acknowledge that, but then also, all right, what, what steps are we going to take to improve on what went wrong? Because right. clearly something wasn't right here. Mm-hmm. And, it's not just going to get fixed when you just say, I'm sorry, because that's the case. Like, yeah, you're going to realize I'm not going to take you at your apologies anymore. It's like, well, how come I said, oh, I apologize. <laughs> you just said it. You not doing anything about it. Right. So yeah. I think that's where like the actions and words have to like fully come together and actually yeah. realize why, whatever, you know, like, however it is that you were wrong. It's like, you may not be able to fix it right away. And I think that's another issue too. Right. Like, I think we want things to go well all the time from the get-go yeah yeah, right but there's there's a learning curve to it yeah it is so I I think those specific steps are definitely helpful and Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot I know you did want to talk about mental health yeah yeah we could definitely do that I think mental health issues you know definitely affect relations and we're not aware of mental health issues until we're with someone or usually in a relationship probably mm-hmm. like six months into a relationship and so I think in yeah in an ideal situation I feel into these times when you know there's there's dating apps there is like everything's so easily available you can literally have a breakup today and be on a date tomorrow and you not only one but like two three if you want but I think that it's also not the best because people a don't confront their demons they don't work on themselves they're not healed and they just want to find distractions and ways to deflect from the real issue and so I think when you're like starting out to date and when you're like meeting someone say for like the first one or two times it's okay to not bring it up it's okay for you to not maybe go that deep into your issues and your psyche and the fact that you are dealing with a mental health condition but I think that if you were to meet someone for like say three four times or five times or continue to see them I think it would be really responsible 
and wise to sort of like bring that up at some point because it is definitely important for the other party to know and to be aware of your mental health conditions and you know it can help them gear up for what's to come or just prepare themselves or to know whether they want to be a part of that it's a very important thing for them to discern whether this is what they want to sign up for or not so that's also important when it comes to taking accountability just like making that known but at the right time and at the right place like you don't just do it on the first date unless you've known someone for a while i i i do agree but i i do also want to be mindful that Mm -hmm. it depends on how comfortable someone is talking about it i will say if you're planning on being in a relationship or serious with someone definitely bring that up beforehand even sometimes i feel like third or fourth date can get tricky for some people it really depends on Mm -hmm. how comfortable do you feel with this person there's been times where like people would tell me things and i was like wait why are you telling me this but i was like i guess you're really comfortable talking with me so i get that but that won't I, I think the difficulties I've had sometimes is that people feel more comfortable talking to me than the opposite. I think mm-hmm. I, I can talk with someone like we'll go back to the surface level, deeper conversations. I can easily talk to someone surface level. And I think that's the issue is that that's not an issue, but you know what I mean? It's like, I think I make it easy for people to open, open up. up. Yeah, but then they don't. They they would then assume like, well, that was really You're easy. Good. I guess. Yeah. I guess he can do the same. Like, and, well, yeah. well, that. But but yeah. no, I, I I do agree that as you get to like like I said, get through the you know mm-hmm. stages, then yeah. yes, I I think it is fairly valid, and I think I've definitely brought it up maybe sometimes to self sabotage, but let's let's be honest. But there's been other times where I've been honest. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, um, or we were just talking about like, yeah, I've talked about therapy. But I always know there's always going to, I'm not going to tell them why I'm going to therapy. I'm like, yeah, I'll go, I go like once a week or whatnot. If they want to know why, then we will dive into that and we can talk about that. Right, because that's more why, personal yeah. to you. Exactly. Like they don't yeah. need to know why you go in the exact details of it. But the fact that, you know, you, ha- I think a sign of someone who's mature in today's times, because everyone is screwed up in some way, is that they have been to therapy um, and they believe in it because it shows that they're willing to take responsibility and to delve deeper into their thoughts and their feelings and just know themselves better, if nothing else. And so I think it's just a huge sign of awareness and, you know, wisdom. Um, I do think that when it comes to bringing these things up, it comes with intention. So like, if you're not intending to get serious with someone, or you're not intending to really emotionally invest in someone or know them in that way then it's completely fine for you to not bring it up like say you want to just hook up with someone you wouldn't find it important to bring it up then or say it's someone that you and and comfort definitely plays a huge role in that but i i think intention when for me i if i've been on dates it's always been with the you know intention of something serious and long term and if i think that it's going somewhere serious and you know, long term, then I would want to address certain issues and have the other person do the same. But there are people who don't intend for that. And for them to not be 100% honest and vulnerable and to be open about these things is completely okay. So it, it's, it's entirely situation dependent. There, there is something to say about that because I've also noticed how my mental health affects others mm-hmm. and I and I've had to like realize that's really difficult um 
like me when I go through my depression or like periods. It's not easy for the other person to understand. Definitely, definitely not. But I think I'm hella avoidant. I've only confronted talking about or wait, let's take this back. I've never actually had a full conversation with someone while it's going. Mm -hmm. It's just something I've only been able to do that with my therapist and probably like my best friend too. Because, but she also yeah. but she also understands it's like hey, you know, if it gets ever seriously dark, you know, I'm here. It's like, yes, I know. It's not there. I just need my space. I need this day of just curled up and like under, under like the, the blanket, just watching mm -hmm. some TV. I just need this day. And then like probably tomorrow I'll be a little bit better. I won't be completely healed, but you know, like I'll feel better talking then. And I think that's understandable for her to, to get that. Now I've, and I don't want to say this is everyone, but I know it would be really difficult for a partner to understand that. Because, yeah, because say someone really doesn't get it, for them to give you the space and the time to heal and come back to your senses or be yourself again would be hard. And they would take it personally and be like, oh, you're, you don't, you have a problem with me versus it's just your issue that you need time to deal with. Well, does that also have to do with the other person not understanding you or are you feeling like you need to shut down because the other person is not going to understand you say it's a partner I think I usually shut down in those scenarios so it's really different where I do tend to shut down and it, it probably has nothing to do with anyone else it's just how I deal You're with feeling. that I yeah. like it's more like I need this one or two days of just no human yourself. interaction yeah. just be with the emotions cry if I have to you know yeah. eat the ice cream or the oreo whatever whatever it is that I mm -hmm. I will indulge in to get through it and I think that's fine but I I get it I and this is part of the empathy you know the empathetic work that you have to do I do understand that like when someone I've done this where like if someone is going through something I would want to help but I also want yeah. to be mindful that if they say like, hey, I just need space and like, I get that too. It's like, but right. I always say like, hey, I get that you want space, but you, sh you know, just, it's always the reiterating that's always important to hear, hear, especially as this person that's going through it, that even though I know I'm pushing you away and I don't want you to deal with this, when they say like, hey, but just know that I'm still here. That's always helpful. It's like, look, I appreciate that. And I do, whenever I do feel comfortable enough to be in that mental state and actually interact with someone, that day will happen. I don't know when it would be because I feel like there, it's just really, I don't know, it's really raw to go through all of that and like actually yeah. express what you're going through because I don't know. And it's not even like anyone understanding. I, pretty sure people can really understand whatever like is going through in my head to some capacity mm -hmm. but I think not everyone is really suited to deal with the actual the play-by-play -play. right yeah like I I've only spoken to some friends about like suicidal thoughts and that was like a lot in my 20s mm -hmm. but I'm I don't yeah that, but, but yeah, that, no, it's, yeah it's cool it, but not everyone is set up to hear that mm -hmm. at that exact moment and that's just and that's fine but it's just I, I'm I'm some in a way I'm sort of protecting myself but then also that individual as well exactly. where exactly but the, yeah. yeah go ahead no like I feel like the people that I have spoken to about that were in some capacity in the you know psychology field which is also like they selfish understand. of me right it's they, really yeah. kind of selfish for me to be like hey you understand <laughs> mental 
like Help. you know yeah, into pressure right yeah. cool um what are your I, i'm not saying like what are your thoughts on this <laughs> like more like how should i like, yeah but those were the people that i felt the most comfortable with because i'm pretty sure they've had to like either that's something they're studying or something they've also like understood to some capacity as well so not to the point where i'm asking them for advice it's more should i go to a therapist about this should i do this or but yeah i don't really yeah that's that was really something dark to bring up but i think it's valid where i don't think everyone really should know those details at that moment Maybe, you know, like, I, I don't know, but it, it depends on the scenario. I think everyone is like, a, um, there's, there's different scenarios where you can bring stuff up, but right. I think being honest about, hey, it's really difficult for me to open up about this, or it's really difficult for me to do this, but it's something I'm working on. So I, I remember one time, I think on a first or second date, I did tell someone I was... Mm-hmm. I went to therapy and then like asked why I was like oh because I deal with depression and I was like honest because they were I, I don't know I I also was just going, I was just finishing therapy so I was in an open mood right, right. I was told to like work right. on opening up more so mm-hmm. I sadly used this date as a way of learning how exactly. to open up oh my god yeah but but in a way I remember we had a discussion about it afterwards or like even we dated a you know a couple of months after and I remember mm-hmm on the fourth or fifth date, I remember she was bringing up, like, so how do you deal with, like, your depression? It's like, oh, you know, I go to therapy, I deal with this. I, In a way, she wanted to ask that question because she had a previous ex who didn't, you deal know, with talk. It. Yeah. In a, in a good way. He, you know, he didn't go to therapy. He didn't talk to her about it either. He didn't have an outlet to sort of go through that. So, like, knowing that I have an outlet for that made her feel better. It's like, all right, he's, yes. he's not going to throw this on me. Unless or, I want or, to help. Unless yeah. I want to help. Yeah. Or, or it's not even throwing it. It's just like, yeah. it's just something that you're dealing with and you're taking responsibility for it. Yeah, sure, the other person can be a part of it they, if they want to. And they can be there to comfort you and to give you a shoulder to cry on. But the fact that you're not going to, um, you know, take any, any like undue actions based on your depressive mood swings or that you're you have it in control like you know how to deal with it you have your coping mechanisms it's always good to know because addiction mental health issues they're all just areas of life that can really take you downhill and if you don't have a good coping mechanism you know people usually it's never good and I think you know it's just been for me also it's just been so eye-opening to see that you know, people can need space and people can be moody and people can have their depressive or, you know, their mood swings in general. And and that, you know, it's okay to give people space. But for me as a person, I think, uh, and I'm just speaking for myself here, I believe that, you know, we all need our space and I am a huge advocate for that. But I think that this word space, um, you know, it's, it's okay. It's one thing if you have a medical condition, that you've been diagnosed with but I think if outside of that if you know if you've not been diagnosed with a mental health condition and you're just using the term space loosely I think it's 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 used so commonly and so loosely by people in a way to avoid their you know responsibilities in relationships and just to run away from situations by saying that they need space so I'm always mindful and wary of that. Like if that if that term is used excessively and for nothing, then it's wrong. Because yeah, it's one thing for you to go through that episode of depression and you know that it's actually a thing. But it's a different thing for someone who doesn't really have depression but just wants to avoid situations 
and then uses that word as an excuse to get away. At the end of the day, I believe in space and I believe that we all need to be by ourselves and introspect and have our own time and, you know, to just have our own individuality and to heal and to be our own people. You know, when it comes to space, I always make sure that I've put it out there that, okay, you need your space and you get your space, but, um, and I'm there for you, but just like, don't take too long because, you know, you don't want someone to take you for granted or, you know, be avoidant and then let them, you know, let them get away with it because there are people who will do that, you know, but your condition is completely different. And, and, and that is where like, you need someone to genuinely understand you and to be there for you. And, and I'm sure that, you know, someone who's truly right for you will do that. And uh, so I always like think about that with like ADHD as well. Yeah. Which is not like the same, but it's always like funny because it's always, I don't know, it's always like difficult to like remember things. And then it's always, and like, I, I think we were talking about this earlier where I had to like write things down. Because people tend- blame you for not remembering, but it's not your fault. Right. Or coming across as like not caring. It's like, exactly. Oh, wait, I don't care. Or- it's just like, for me, I think I can do X, Y, and Z. And sometimes like, I just have to, but that's also like me being, now see, it's worse if I blame it on my ADHD. It's like, actually, I did forget that. <laughs> it was, that's different. But it's also like acknowledging like, I need to find solutions to this. So like exactly. knowing, hey, I'm always forgetting this. What could I do to remind myself this? Like, yep. Do I put reminders on my phone? Do I have to write, write it somewhere? Do I need to post mm-hmm. it? So it's like finding solutions throughout knowing that that is something that does constantly like bother me in some perspectives or yeah. can be hindering it's more how, how do I like be upfront than try to like self-sabotage I get that there's this thing but I need to find solutions for each individual because like with me and my friends like my friend knows my best friend knows that I'm the worst planner so she knows that when whenever we make plans, she has to put it on my calendar. Awesome. Or, <laughs> right. But but that's different because that's a friend and she knows that she needs to do that. But that would be annoying for like someone else. That might be annoying for uh, a manager, right? You know, if you're working, you're always having to like do something for this person. It's like, well, mm-hmm. so it's like, like knowing like, yeah, I don't have, I'm not working with my best friend, you know, 40 hours, 45, whatever hours a week. Mm-hmm. So I need to find solutions in that aspect. But knowing that I may need to do that is super helpful. Or if I make plans with someone, it's like, oh yeah, we're going to do that. And sometimes like, all right, so what do you want to do? It's like, I don't know. I don't really care. Or like I'm open, but then I'm realizing I, if I need to make a decision, it's like, all right, cool. I'm going to make a decision and we'll figure it out because I don't know. It depends. It's like, there's different scenarios for different people. You know, this episode, I have way more notes than I usually do, but in a way it's super, but it's super (laughs) helpful because I, it kind of does help lend the conversation where it is then for you like but like you know see I was trying to be empathetic in your point of view you said you've never been on a podcast before so I was like all right cool I'll definitely make this right. as possible for you because it's you, so sweet of you you, yeah. you need this but I've had other friends it's like hey uh, like I, I've heard your episodes yeah I don't need notes just tell me what I need to say it's like all right cool well we're just gonna have a conversation and you know someone will bring up questions along the way but that's where the, right. the in, in, in this scenario that also my wanting to make someone feel comfortable, you know, it's not the same accountability per se, but it's how do I make it's this person feel more comfortable? Yeah, accommodating. Yeah. yeah, it's very accommodating. And I think this is like the one word that I will describe you as and I think with and it's accommodating because I think you've been super, super sweet and considerate of the fact that, OK, 
I needed things to be structured a certain way and I wasn't like very comfortable just jumping in but I also then saw how thorough and like how well thought through your notes were and you you know know how to comprehend each point and then you know have a lot of insight and that comes through introspection that comes through like awareness and wisdom and you know knowing your blind spots and I think that you know, just like getting to know you as a person, even like talking to you and, you know, even doing this podcast has been such a good experience for me because it helps a lot to know that there are people outside. Um, there are people who are willing to take accountability, who are willing to work on themselves, who are willing to be better human beings and are willing to not just blame situations or certain conditions in their lives for their behaviors or their reactions but that they actually want to be better people they want to find a way to like make the other person comfortable and go out of their way to just like accommodate the other person and I think that it it always helps to have good people around you and I think that having met you it's it's been a wonderful experience so like I'm really grateful that I came across Um, you and that we decided to work on this podcast because that's really how I got to know you and um, yeah and and I'm so so happy and I'm I'm looking forward to like just being there as a friend and just um, you know understanding you and getting to know you even better but but again like I, I totally agree with you like you shouldn't you shouldn't just blame your certain behaviors or reactions to a condition or you know ADHD for, for example, like you mentioned, um, you are going out of your way, you're finding solutions, you're, you're, and it's all situation dependent, like person dependent or comfort level dependent, but with your best friend, like she's comfortable enough to put it on your calendar because she knows you. With your manager, you're going out of your way, you're making sure that you take notes, you, you're you know, on point and you don't miss out on anything that's supposed to be done. And with, you know, say a date, like you're going to, you know, deal with it differently, but you know what works best and you have solutions and you have a mechanism to go around it. So I think that's wonderful. And that is incredible and um, certainly very commendable and definitely like opens my eyes because I, I loved coming across good people and people who are wanting to be better individuals. And it's beautiful. Um, finally, I want to for us to like touch upon the topic of like having the permission to fail and to mm. look at failure and to be okay with it and to to know that okay we do take accountability we are trying to be better human beings but when is when is it really okay for us to fail like when is it okay for us to make a mistake and um, why is it such a big thing hold on i just saw this quote earlier mm-hmm. It was on, like, my Facebook on this day. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, really perfect for this. And so this is the quote. The, yeah, the, so the quote is, each mistake teaches you something new about yourself. Mm-hmm. There is no failure, remember, except, except in no longer trying. So it, it's pretty much, like, the courage to continue on. So I think it is always okay to fail. But, like, what is this teaching you? But I think mm-hmm. it's the most important part like I don't know missing your rent one month is probably a mistake so you know like worst thing you could do is like yes pay that and you'll probably have a fee after that but yeah. is that a bad mistake eh, yeah you have to pay the fee but like now it's good like 
what are you taking from that to now? yeah take away. learn move yeah like maybe yeah. automate your payments or do something yeah. like that and that's just yeah. something to I don't know I I think it it's always fair to like make mistakes anywhere you are it's just like I I think it's easy for us to make mistakes feel bigger than they actually are yeah like a typo is not a big mistake it's a mistake right it's more like what's the things like make sure you read your your yeah. email before you send it I think that's like a simple like oops but like it's not a big deal like you spending like you know like if you were like working in advertising and it's like hey you know we have you know a budget of like you know let's just say three hundred thousand dollars and you spend four hundred thousand well, that's a big mistake but um right. you know that's a mistake you don't want to make but mm-hmm. you know but it's just like understanding like I I and, I, and I'm saying this now because I've had to work on this, but yeah. I, I think it's fine to make mistakes. It's why one of sometimes the interview, you know, there's interviews that ask like, you know, and, oh, and, yeah. and interview questions and interview yeah. questions, right? Like what's like a mistake yeah. you've made and how you've dealt with it. Exactly. And it's, it's not to like now make you feel like shit because you made the mistake. It's like, no, what did you take from that mistake and exactly. move forward? So 100%. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's fine to make mistakes is how you deal with them at the end of the day it's uh, what's the very word? going like, forward like how do you or, how do you evolve from it yeah like, like or don't be harsh on yourself I think it's e- I, I, I and I'm saying this to myself too because I right. I think about this all the time or I have I've had students like feel bad for making mistakes it's like dude it's not a big deal it's like right. in the grand scheme I, of things it's yeah not. in the grand scheme of things it's not a big deal it's just more how do you like how do you process I, I, it? Yeah, how do you, how, how do you process this mistake? Yeah. How do you take this as like a next step to like something else? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so true. Yeah. yeah, like when it comes to relationships, like either like there's, it's a very widely known saying that either a relationship is going to be a lesson or a blessing. So it's whatever like it turns out to be. Either way, it's okay because it's either going to teach you something or it's going to be, you know, the the right relationship for you but either way you're learning you're getting to understand something more about yourself it's you're getting to learn about other people and you are just getting a chance to get out of your comfort zone now what you do with it is different now if it's a pattern like say someone's continuously making mistakes or they're always getting into toxic relationships or they have a certain tendency to um, gravitate towards a certain kind of toxic individual then it's a problem but that is also a part of taking accountability saying that okay I failed once twice thrice it's okay don't be harsh on yourself like don't be um, don't kill yourself for something that you know you did incorrectly but if it's happening too many times like if it's something that's repetitive then the right kind of accountability in that case would be to take a step back to assess why you're doing those things and why those mistakes are happening and to just kind of understand where you're coming from and a lot of the times you know it's our unhealed childhood wounds like we we keep projecting them in you know in our future and in our present and we usually haven't dealt with those and I think in my case as well like I've had that happen where you know, I've had to, in the middle of a relationship or maybe a year into a relationship, realize that I had issues from my childhood that I wasn't 100% upfront about, even with myself. And I wasn't even aware that that was playing out. So I think when I did address those issues, I realized 
that a lot of my present behavior um, and my future behavior would change. Like I, I, I saw how healing it was to address those issues and how transformative it was for me to be aware of those issues. Um, and I just think that failure is completely okay. It's what you make of it. And at the end of the day, there's so many things in life that we are going to go through. So, and there's going to be bumps in the road, but it's how we transform them and how we learn from them and how we just like, you know, turn those failures into something positive and something, you know, meaningful in the, for, the, for our future. I, I do agree with like the whole childhood aspect because mm-hmm. I think you learn how to make mistakes or or you learn how to avoid or are afraid yeah. of mistakes is because yeah. of childhood, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, like, hey, you try learning how to ride a bike, you fall, you start crying. It's like, oh, no, how come you not get it? Or like, whatever it is, then you're more than likely not going to want to continue learning how to ride a bike. Like, yeah. Why would you because of that? Or, you know, if you weren't a straight A student, but like, if your approach is like, why aren't you doing better? Or the approach is negative reinforcement. Now you're just going to think like mistakes are you're not allowed to make them like oh no and I got one B and like oh no it's it's all over or I mean it's easy to feel that way because you're sort of disappointing this person you know like this parent or whatnot or if you mistake if you make a mistake at work and your manager's approach to the mistake is yeah Yeah. right like now you're never going to want to make a mistake again and even if you do now you're like ooh, how do I make this not about me because I don't want to get yelled at again so Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that does, I mean, don't get me wrong, it is also on an individual as well, but I think it's also on other people as well. Like, you can't really change your parents at this point. So, like, and you've already have whatever, you know, trauma, whatever it is that you have from your childhood, but it is also then important to realize how is failure being approached in your other relationships or friendships or whatever. Like, I always feel bad when people always apologize for things. Like, I know you, yeah. always talk, you when you apologize, but hey, sorry, I didn't text you. It's like, <sighs> not a big deal. It's a text. I, we're busy. We have lives. We work, you know, you Aww. work in finance. So you have crazy hours. So, you know, I don't, oh, you know, that's so like, sweet. it's really hard for like people. Like, I always like feel bad when people apologize for things that aren't really a big deal. And I get because as a you know society I think we're taught to like feel bad for like small things like that when in the grand scheme of things it's like well you texted back so I'm pretty sure you you know things happen so right I I I think it's also on other people too like not and and not just ourselves being more aware of our mistakes but also how do we approach other people's mistakes too like sure like sure we can say like hey you know I I'm gonna work better on how you know how do I how do I handle mistakes on my own like you know don't be so hard on yourself learn from this but also how do you then deal with someone else's mistake in like you know a friendship or a relationship how do you manage that because you might be projecting there and then you realize maybe I'm not really as you know understanding as I could be if I'm really upset of someone else's mistakes too so Mm -hmm. I I think it is just as internally as we should think about how do we deal with our mistakes is also how do we deal with others mistakes too right and I think that there's a huge dichotomy there because when you truly get to know someone like they say that you can't really hate someone once you really understand their psyche because then you realize that what they're doing isn't really like you will have an 
another level of understanding for their behavior, their actions. You will always try to like rationalize and reason with their behaviors. Like if you're really good friends with someone, say they don't text you back for like two weeks, but then you get it because you guys like do that all the time and they still come back to you. Like you understand where they're coming from. And so it's not really a mistake in that case, right? Because it's something that, you're not viewing as a mistake versus if that same behavior were to be, you know, projected by someone you didn't know that well, then it would be like, oh, hey, that's offensive because I was expecting a response from you and in a timely manner. So I think it's also about how much you know someone, how much you understand about someone, because the more you are close to someone or the more you understand someone, the less hurtful or offensive their behavior might seem to you versus or it might not even be a mistake to you versus if the same behavior were to be played out with by someone you don't know because I've seen that happen to me and I uh, you know like I and I in my mind you know if if it's someone like say for example if it's a really close friend of mine and we're texting and I don't text that person back for like weeks, they understand. Or if it's them not texting me back for weeks, I would understand. But if it's someone who's fairly new to me and I don't know, if they were to do that to me, I would completely be like, hey, how is this happening? And why is this person behaving like that? But this is just like an example. But I think it's also like a question of perspective and how much you truly know that person, which makes it a mistake or not a mistake, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of how you look at it. But Perfect. but empathy plays a huge role. And like you said, like, there's understanding. And you you understand the fact that I shouldn't be sorry for something I did. Whereas in my head, I feel sorry because I don't expect you to understand that I was doing xyz and in my head it is a mistake so it's all about perspective i guess no it it is it's a lot of a lot of everything we spoke about yeah i think this was great i think the conversation was amazing and i think we covered a lot of topics and yeah i have a good feeling about this i do too and i i never really like ending with like advice because it's like we're just talking but like understanding ourselves but I know one thing, I guess like my biggest takeaway is just being comfortable with taking accountability, not not for yourself, but like, you know, for your own role in others' lives. Because I think that's where, I, I think that's where that growth or that accountability really comes in. It's just realizing like, it's not just me, but like, I play a role in someone else's life. Doesn't matter what the capacity is, but like once you're able to like fully understand that, I think it really does help with everything else we've been like talking about. That is so true. Yeah, I I would have the same advice. I agree because, you know, you have a role to play in someone's life and you're responsible and your actions affect someone. And so it could be your partner, it could be your friend, it could be a family member. But you need to realize that and it's it's all about not being selfish. It's about being thoughtful. It's about being considerate. But I always would like to tie it back to being caring and mindful and loving towards your own self. And once you have a healthy, loving relationship with your own self, and once you've healed, and once you've been through, you know, that period of introspection and assessed your demons and understood your behavior and your reactions and healed your childhood traumas, I think that's when you are a good friend, partner, 
and a good person to other people as well because it's your relationship with yourself that you're going to project onto the world and essentially how you treat yourself is how you're going to treat the world I think so it's an extension of your love and your relationship with yourself for me that would be my ending thoughts because yeah that's that's perfect yeah thank you yeah well thank you for coming on on the podcast and yes this was awesome it was it took a long time which is my fault because it was like we were coordinating for such a long time but finally you know with your help and with your persistence and consistency in terms of like keeping the document together and you know just being so organized and being so thoughtful it's come together finally and I'm so 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 grateful for you um you know being a good host and for being so organized and just so accommodating of course you're welcome yeah and thank you so much for having me literally welcome (laughs) yeah okay cool is this where we're gonna cut yeah. it? Yeah, I just said it? yeah. I always say cool, and that's always my cutoff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. This was yeah. so good, though. This was yeah. so good. As you just keep up, it's more content coming from Ten Years Accounting. Support Tony. Donate. I know there's like a donate link somewhere in there. We're gonna just like a little imagine a flashing bubble. It's a link in his thing. Have a good day. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna use this for the ending of my podcast. Now you're just gonna.